amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Back at it again. It's another edition of the Fantasy Football Insiders Radio Show. That's right. Fantasy Football Insiders doing it like we do. Back from the old school here, Friday, July 10th, 2015. Oh, Jazzy Jeff up for the... uh, panel that we have today is going to be crazy. We're going to we're going to uh have an all-star panel. We're going to um tell you about players to help you crush the competition like the little cockroaches that they are, Mr. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And uh we're going to go around the the room and just really give you the ammunition you need to know which players to grab, what rounds to get them, and we're not going to waste your time with who the top players are. I am your host Rick Saratella by the way. This show is brought to you by the NUC NFL Draft Bible. Check out NUCGold.com. Use my promo code RIC2015. Get your 20% discount off of any membership. Also, MyFantasyLeague.com. Not too late to register now. Turn $10 into $100 over at MyFantasyLeague.com. Of course, our good friends at Miami Mike's in East Hanover, New Jersey, holding it down each and every Sunday, as well as the Spanish Pavilion in Harrison, all day today at the Spanish Pavilion, $2 domestics, $3 imports, and uh, some good giveaways going on. Red Bull tickets over on the patio this evening. And one last one for you. If you are in New Jersey, uh, we do have a big uh, NJ Top 50 event brought to you by NUC Sports. Go Parabolic New Jersey Orthopedic Institute. That will be Wednesday, August 5th, 2015 at 6.30 p.m. And then we will have that at Union, New Jersey. If you want more information, you can email me, RIC at NFL Draft Bible, or check it out at NUCSports.com. All right, we're, t- we're going to dig into uh, the show. We're going to get the uh, chat room opened up for you. I know a lot of people are dying to ask some questions as well. Of course, you can uh, get at us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. I'm launching the chat room now, so anybody that wants to hop in there, get on board, ask some questions. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, here we go, rocking and rolling. Fantasy Football Insiders, uh, back at it again. Feels good. Look good, feel good, be good. And uh, I am Rick Saratel. We are now going to be joined by the star of the show, and that would be Fantasy Joe Everett. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett. And uh, Joe, hit him with a quick hoo-ha. How are you doing today? Hey, living in a fantasy football paradise right now, Rick. Uh, rolling up my sleeves, ready to dig down, get dirty for the deep sleepers. Absolutely. We're supposed to be joined by the good Reverend Ralph Mancini, and I know he's fresh off of vacation, so hopefully we get him back on the show. And, uh, you know, those of you who uh, followed us in the past, we appreciate you for being here. And for those of you uh, – for those of you joining us for the first time, uh, welcome to the rodeo. Strap on the seatbelt and uh, let's get into it. So, Joe, let me ask you this. We'll start off at the quarterback position. No need for studs, but who is your number one, going right to the top, number one 
sleeper at the quarterback position? Well, I'm not sure if the guy's a sleeper, but he's certainly not being drafted as a starter. And it's a guy I really want to part away with every draft. He's in your neck of the woods, Rick. It's Eli. Hey uh, he's being drafted. It's 12th quarterback in redraft leagues. And uh, forget, I mean, some of these my fantasy leagues, if it's a dynasty, a keeper, he's really at 17th. But like I said, maybe not a sleeper, but in just his second season under offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo, I've got high hopes. I mean, I think he's going to be able to process things so much faster at the line of scrimmage. Audibles are going to come to him second nature. He's not going to be thinking out there. And then there's that guy he plays with that people call three fingers to throw to. I mean, if Victor Cruz returns to form, Eli Manning could finish the season, I think, as a top five point producer. If you looked at the back half of his last season, he was just on fire. And I just think, once again, it's for the price. You can let everybody else get the Rogerses, the Breezes, the Mannings, and the Luckies of the world. Well, you'll be lucky if you get the right Manning. And I think it's Eli Manning this season. Yeah, you know, I was on a show uh, last week and I said, you know, you guys are about to watch the death of Peyton Manning. It's going to be slow. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be painful. And I'm on board with that. I'll take Eli Manning over Peyton Manning for fantasy football purposes this year. And, uh, you know, one guy, I'm going to give you a deep sleeper. I just got him very, very late in, the, in one of my drafts. And that's Alex Smith. Uh, you know, listen, this kid put up some pretty good numbers. I say kid, he's been in the league almost a decade now, but he put up some pretty good numbers without throwing a touchdown pass all season last year. Now, the chances of that happening again, I would believe are slim and none. I like what they did. They added Jeremy Macklin, very familiar with the Andy Reid offense. So uh, no time wasted there. They also have Jason Avant, Joe, who knows the system pretty well. And they added the kid Chris Conley, who I've been touting pretty good, the rookie Chris Conley. I wouldn't be surprised if he leads all rookie wide receivers in receiving yardage. So be a lookout for him. I think Conley and Macklin stretch the field. You have Avant, you know, kind of as the underneath guy. And we all know what Tra Travis Kelsey did last season. So all of a sudden, here's a guy, Alex Smith. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up similar numbers to your guy that you just mentioned, Joe, and Eli Manning. And I think a lot of people are also down on uh, Jersey Joe Flacco this year because of the new offense being installed. But, uh, you know, if there's, if there's a gunslinger in town, it's Jersey Joe Flacco. And I think that's another guy that you can get pretty much at the end of your fantasy football drafts. And, uh, you know, the, listen, not too many quarterbacks sleep. A lot of people like Teddy football over in Minnesota. But, uh, you know, the book is out on these quarterbacks. I don't know how many deep sleepers we're really going to be able to give people, maybe more so in the running backs, wide receiver positions. But deep sleepers, quarterback position, anything else you got, Joe? Well, I think you nailed it on Joe Flacco because I'm excited about Mark Trestman there. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, that's another guy. Sure, uh, you know, at the 15th quarterback area, once again, a guy's being drafted as a backup could produce like a starter, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't miss uh, mention famous Jameis has that it factor. And hey, all the pieces are in place in Tampa Bay. They got these long, big receivers. They got Big Mike. You got V-Jacks. Austin Safarian Jenkins just scratching the surface. I think the biggest part, once again, you got to go back to coaching. The arrival of Dirk Cotter 
should provide yeah. much needed stability, the cohesion for the entire offense. So I think on all the pieces, the only downside, it's a it's shabby offensive line. They're slated to start two rookies in Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. But uh, the situation isn't ideal still. Playing from behind, Winston's going to have to put up some points. And right now, he's about the 20th quarterback off the board. He's right in that region of Alex Smith that you mentioned. You know, you could take these guys at the, as an afterthought, yet they could produce for you. Right on the money, Joe. I mean, Jameis Winston is uh, probably the best quarterback prospect to come out in the last couple of years. So I wouldn't be surprised. Big, tall targets, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, uh, there's there's a lot of weapons there for him to work with Austin uh, Sefran Jenkins, another agile tight end there, another tall guy. So they got three targets, about six foot three, six foot four, across the board, all over the field. Uh, I do think Jameis Winston could do some damage from a fantasy football perspective. And one other guy I'll throw out there, I think people are high on. That's why I don't think he's considered a deep sleeper. But a lot of people predicting big things from Ryan Tannehill in Miami looking for Jarvis Landry to step up. Devontae Parker was a little bit of a setback, but they also have Jordan Cameron in tow. Uh, they brought in Kenny Stills on board. So a uh, little ammunition added in Miami for Ryan T Tannehill to take that step up. Unfortunately, I think he might be uh, getting overdrafted now this time of year. So not so sure he's a deep sleeper, but let's keep it moving, keep it grooving, funky fresh for all the people. Rick Saratella, Joe Everett here, you there. Uh, we're, you know, a couple months away from the football season. We do have the chat room open uh, for everybody up in there. And if you want to get on with the program, we have a call-in number for you, 347-945-6275, 347-945-6275. And uh, feel free to drop us a line. I know a lot of you guys catch us on the download maybe uh, listen to it on your iPod, on your way to work, whatever the case may be. But drop us a line. You want to see us come back for the football season? I know we got a lot of diehards out there. This is one of my favorite shows to do. Of course, brought to you by NUCNFLDraftBible.com, the all-new NFLDraftBible.com. Get with it or quit it. Time to make room on the mantle for the trophy case. I'm already in four leagues. I did four drafts already. I'm going to tell you about some of the guys that I got, what rounds I got them, but we got to move on to the running backs, Joe. So what do you got for us? Give us your number one running back, gun to your head. I got to pull the trigger. I'm on the clock. I need one sleeper, deep, deep sleeper for 2015, Joe. Who's it going to be? Who are you pounding the table for? Well, it's, uh, it's, our listeners are, may, may just think I'm repetitive, but one of my favorite players in this last year's draft class is Tevin Coleman. Uh, I've talked with I was blue in the face about some Tavin Coleman. Well, he landed in the perfect situation in Atlanta. His long strides, the strong build, his Lamborghini speed, and Kyle Shanahan's zone blocking scheme is going to be, just, I think, ideal. That you can't count how many times have you seen Coleman just open, turn on the Jets, and he's just gone. Uh, the, the, how well he times his burst in this sophisticated offense with a play caller like Shanny that scripts things so perfectly. I think Kevin Coleman is just going to make that one cut and go. It's uh, that, that just like a glove. I think take advantage. I would encourage all of you right now. It's a sixth, seventh round pick in some redrafts, maybe higher if the jig is up. And I, I don't care if he's billed as a part-time player at the end of the season. I think a lot of people are going to be sorry they passed on this guy. I mean, this could be Kyle Shanahan's new uh, Terrell Davis or Arian Foster. I mean, this is that type of back that just really will uh, take to this system. I mean, it's just perfect fit. 
Yeah, and you talk about the Shanahan, you know, zone scheme, run blocking style of uh, system, and we all know what what the Shanahan's can do with running backs. And you know, that's the thing you heard about Tevin Coleman into the draft, best suited for a zone blocking run scheme, and that's exactly where he winded up. Interesting. I'm in an auction draft, Joe, right now. Twenty players, two hundred dollars salary cap. Tevin Coleman's at fourteen dollars. Now, I'll give you a little bit mm-hmm. of perspective. I'm at uh, current bids right now. Let's see. I have, for example, uh, Eddie Lacy is going off at $49. Uh, I have Trey Mason currently at $8. Uh, Justin Forsett is at $27. And I had DeMarco Murray last time I checked around $39. Uh, LaShawn McCoy went for $43. So Tevin Coleman, $14. I'm guessing – you're telling me I should maybe bid on him here. I would bump him up uh, about the 20 area. I get nervous around 20. Um, okay. I'd look oh, at some of the other players and wide receivers at 20 and see see how it compares there. But, boy, yeah, I'm uh, pretty jazzed up on this guy. <laughs> All right, already done, increasing the bid. And uh, my guy, Trey Mason, you know, I plugged him in the eighth round in the FanX analyst draft. Uh, you know, I'm getting them. I told you $8, I think is going to be a steal. I'm looking the other, uh, league I'm in. I got them in the sixth round in your league, Joe, and the shock and awe. And, uh, I'm going to tell you what, uh, if you're telling, if you're asking me, I know you took Todd Gurley. I apologize for that, Joe, because you didn't listen to the show. If you take Todd Gurley, I think you're asking for a lot of trouble. And uh, Marcus Latimer said it best earlier this week. Why would you draft the running back with my kind of injury issues? And uh, that's what the Rams did. I know they added seven rookie offensive linemen to the team this year, so the Rams are looking to run the ball. But I'm not convinced on Todd Gurley. In fact, if I had to pick Trey Mason is going to start more games, be a more productive runner, and a fantasy football impact kind of guy so Trey Mason is somebody I think is a steal but going back to the rookies Joe I mean I just love this rookie running back class I think they're going to make an impact uh similar to the way uh the wide receivers made an impact last year and I'm talking about guys like Amir Abdullah in Detroit who I think will take over for uh Joe Bell this year uh Matt Jones in Washington who I think will you know I got in the 17th round and the shock and all league, I think, you know, there's a guy who is going to steal the job from Alfred Morris. In my opinion, I got him in the 13th round in the fan X draft. I got Cameron artist pain. If you know, put a gun to my head and I told you one guy, uh, Cameron artist pain, who I got in the 14th round, he's going to lead Carolina in, in rushing. Uh, he's sec proven. I think we did on a, a draft show leading up to the draft. We both uh, were very high on CAP. And the other guy is TJ Yeldon, who I believe is going to be a three down back for Jacksonville. Sorry, all you Denard Robinson owners out there, including myself, who I have in one dynasty league. But TJ Yeldon, why would you take him off the field? Uh, I I don't understand why you would do that. So I think he's going to be good for a thousand yards in Jacksonville. I know a lot of guys are feeling burnt about Jacksonville players, especially running backs last year with Toby Gearhart. Uh, You got screwed with Maurice Jones-Drew towards the end of his Jaguars run. Uh, Jacksonville running backs have just not been a good source of fantasy output, but TJ Yeldon is going to be the man. I got him in the fifth round in uh, analysis draft. I got uh, 
I took Amir Abdullah in the third round in one league. So call me crazy, but those are the rolls of the dice that are either going to make or break me. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, when Amir Abdullah is rumbling, bumbling, stumbling to double-digit touchdowns and just crushing it uh, for the Detroit Lions this year, hey, listen, they used a first-round pick on Lakin Tomlinson. They drafted our boy Michael Burton in the fifth round. Uh, at fullback, Detroit is going to run the ball and run the ball often, early, and uh, that's why Amir Abdullah, man, is going to help me win fantasy football championships this year. So, uh, my 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 sleep, deep sleepers are all rookies, and you know uh, I got a couple leagues where it's just Adrian Peterson and a bunch of rookies, and none of these guys took snaps last year, and I feel completely comfortable about it because it's a numbers game. Uh, when you stockpile some of these rookie running backs. One of them is going to come in and make a big impact. But Joe might have hit the nail on the head uh, with his analysis of Tevin Coleman. And uh, I actually traded him straight up for RG3 in a dynasty league because it is a quarterback league and you get 10 points per touchdown, whether it's passing or rushing. So I, I traded Tevin Coleman straight up for RG3. I don't know if that's going to work out for me or not, Joe, but I think you hit hit the nail on the head in terms of the biggest impact rookie running back. I saw Devontae uh, Freeman, uh, the kid from Florida State that Atlanta has now. He's not a featured back. He's not an every down back. Tevin Coleman is – or. Uh, <laughs> Tevin Campbell, Tevin Coleman. Hey, Joe, so many names in the memory bank, but uh, hey, you got yeah. that one right, in my opinion. Any other running backs you want to hit us with? Well, I just did want to piggyback. I think um, a really good uh, savvy pick that you mentioned is Cameron Artis Payne because where you can draft him and, and redraft, I think that's a smart pick because Jonathan Stewart has never been the picture of health. He's always had his issues, and, and Carolina does want to run the ball. Unfortunately, you know, you get some touchdowns taken away by Cam Newton, but outside of that, you can get – this is Cam Artis-Payne, another guy as a draft afterthought. And, yeah, I love the Auburn uh, running backs coach, Tim Horton, used to be an Arkansas running back coach. So, you know, he's put out Trey Mason. He put out Darren McFadden. He put out Peyton Hillis. And, uh, oh, Felix Jones, the other one. So, uh, Darren Sproles is the other guy I'd throw out the table just another guy 50 first running back take and people think Darren Sproles is dead apparently and the perception is just not the reality in this case it's just a, a guy that LaShawn McCoy is gone there should be just as many snaps for him especially on receiving downs and talk about a guy who's backing up someone who is not healthy at all and DeMarco Murray has had his issues so has Ryan Matthews so I just think uh, Darren Sproles, you know, a guy you barely even have to spend on. Uh, Chip Kelly has always used the multiple backs. I think there's still going to be a space for a guy who's never had more than 100 career carries or 100 carries in a season. So a guy, 40 receptions minimum, I mean, possible handful of touchdowns for your last draft pick. I mean, that's – I don't know why he's just falling after. Apparently, he just got shot, and I missed the news blip, Rick. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I, I think what it is about Sproles, if you owned him last year, he was like lights out for about a handful of games, like four games. He probably like helped win you games. And then he just like suddenly disappeared a couple games, didn't get used. And then he was kind of um, a lightning rod. And, and I think Chip Kelly will find a way to use him more. And also, you know, we talked about Jeremy Macklin going to uh, the Chiefs. You know, that's 143 targets that need to be redistributed. And I think, you know, Jordan Matthew maybe sees a few more targets. Nelson Aguilar helps pick up the slack. But, 
that's not going to make up all those targets. So Darren Sproles, you know, whether it's coming out of the backfield, lining up in the slot a little bit, like you said, PPR, that can be a lethal weapon. And uh, a couple other guys here, you know, I'm looking at Jay Ajay, who I got in the shock and all league. That, that was the redraft league where we kept six keepers. I got Jay Ajay in this in the 10th round. And hey, I like what Lamar Miller did last year. Not not the best looking thousand yard season, but gets the job done. So Jay Ajay is more of a roll of the dice. And also in, in the same uh, league, Joe, I took Monty Ball in the 15th round. Just because, uh, you know, they drafted this kid highly for a reason. I know Denver has a staple of uh, running backs in the barn there, but a little perspective on the Broncos running back situation. I thought it was a good roll of the dice in a 15th round. Uh, no, no harm done if it doesn't work out. But just some perspective with C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman coming back and Jawan Thompson in the mix. I mean, how do you see – the Denver Broncos running back situation uh, playing out. Still C.J. Anderson's backfield. That's the way it's going to come out into camp. But with a, another scheme being implemented, things aren't going to be the same as they were under Foxy. Uh, you know, now it's Coops. I, I believe Denison's coming back. I'm not sure about that. But as far as the way the offensive line's going to be run, it's going to be back to the old school under Mike Shanahan when Coops was the offensive coordinator. Uh, basically the old recipe. So if C.J. Anderson doesn't fit that, it ball could be the next man up. And I agree what they have invested in them. They're certainly going to give them every chance to adapt to the to the zone block and see how he can do the one cut and style i still do think uh you know cj anderson obviously the people you know it's worth a, a higher pick but as you mentioned it's uh ball is totally worth the flyer and it doesn't seem like anyone's given any respect so those are the type of backs i'm trying to get my hands on I mean, like a guy that could be potentially a starter i mean doesn't seem like a bad investment to me now without a doubt uh, no, no question about it when you can get that kind of value. Now, um, everybody, including myself, is always looking for value at the wide receiver position. And to me, you know, finding three down backs or feature running backs is hard. So, you know, I, I used to be the old school prescriber in, uh, you know, first two picks, two running backs. Obviously, as uh, the game evolves and trends emerge you can no longer do that to be successful but i still am uh, a firm believer for the most part i usually take two running backs out of my first three picks and because i do that joe i've had the uh, track record the self-proclaimed track record of finding very valuable wide receivers later on in the draft and you know i get to the mid and late rounds and i'm still plugging uh you know wide receiver ones on their team as my wide receiver three or fours for my fantasy football team. And this is a method I prescribe to because I believe later on in your draft, it's always easier to find bust out wide receivers than it is to find bust out running backs. And that's because the running back by committee system is so rampant now in the NFL Almost every team has some kind of committee going on and there's maybe a handful. You can count on one hand how many uh, three down backs there are. So if you can get two three down backs within your first three picks, I think that's a recipe for success. Uh, I'm curious to know your uh, game plan or strategy, Joe, in terms of 
what you do with your first three picks. Are you someone who just goes best player available? I think we're both in agreement. We don't use a quarterback with the uh, first three picks, but before we dive into the wide receivers, just give us a little perspective. You know, everybody always has that like strategy with their first couple picks, how to approach it. Just from your personal point of view, how do you go into uh, your draft stat- strategy in the first couple picks, and maybe the draft order determines your strategy. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing that. Oh, always the draft order really falls into it. I mean, outside of the top five this year, I'm, I'm getting a little uh, sketchy at running back. It depends on who falls to me, and also what kind of format you're in. I mean, sometimes you're in a goofy start two quarterback system to where it does behoove you for one of those first two picks you got to get a stud to rely on and then you know get a guy you feel strongly about like a Eli Manning who I like as your your number two quarterback behind a a Rodgers or a Breeze or whatever you know comes to you in that first round but by and large I'm following in with your line of thinking I agree that it's just becoming so much more difficult to get that stud breakout running back later in the draft just because honest goodness injuries create the breakout running back you get the breakout running back off the waiver wire because the starter's out and the backup doesn't really adapt to the system and all of a sudden the third stringer is arian foster or i'm just trying to think of a better example you know reuben drowns breaks out for a thousand yards as a broncos running back and no one even had him he didn't have a sticker on the draft board i'm sorry to say but um that's the way i'm looking at it as well i think i'm I'm starting to move it back unless it's a start three wide receiver or start four wide outs with a flex uh i'm i'm really pushing a lot of those wide outs uh, back i'll take a premium one in the first four rounds but outside of that i'm 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 getting to some of these guys we're going to talk about here uh, in this episode just as far as late round draft picks, past the tenth round. My targets of three or four wide receivers I really want to part ways with. Well, let's get right into that then. I mean, let's start off with your number one deep sleeper. I mean, I got a ten ten draw dresser here. Let's go to the bottom draw. Who are you pulling out the deep sleeper at wide receiver? Well, uh, one guy, it's it's becoming a little too known. Uh, he's the 34th wide receiver off the board at uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, 37th off the board at my fantasy league. But Charles Johnson, watching the highlights of this kid, I need to stop watching the highlights. He reminds me so much of Josh Gordon with the way he runs, that prototype build and the long speed just to beat anybody deep. Uh, his footage at the back half of last season is just so impressive. You know, former Green Bay Packers draft pick, but prorate his numbers at the last half of the year, and it's easily 800-plus yards, a handful of touchdowns. But I think this is a guy, and you know, entering that third year, the, the famous third-year wide receiver theory, he's going to prove it right. And more than anything, chemistry. We talked about how Teddy Bridgewater's uh, you're going to be a sleeper this year, definitely outproduces draft position. I still think Charles Johnson's going to outproduce his draft position. He's got that chemistry with Teddy B, and I think he's going to be the featured wide receiver of the Vikings, and not a lot of people know it. So that's the guy. Um, you may have to spend a little bit higher pick on Charles Johnson because he's, he's developing quite the fan base. But my deep guys, Marquise Lee, I, I, apparently is another guy. I guess, you know, the, the, the Jaguars are just going to cut him because he's too injury prone. But I, I understand the strong camp for Allen Robinson out there, but I'm still a big believer in Lee. I think he's the best route runner on the team. He has elite speed to go along with the upside to be a featured player. I just 
don't want to throw Robinson or Hearns under the bus here. Just think the guy I'm taking late out for this team, he strikes me as the guy that uh, everyone perceives to be out of the race in Jacksonville. And I think when the dust settles at the end of the day, Lee's going to be one left standing. He's getting open. He's making plays. That's what Marquise Lee does. And uh, one guy, I'm, tell- I'm telling you, Mr. Irrelevant, with your last round draft pick, the Patriots selected Aaron Dobson in the second round of the 2013 draft. And in the two drafts since, they've only taken one receiver, uh, Jeremy Gallon, I think, in the seventh round. Now, currently, he's behind Julian Edelman, and, you know, Amendola's going to get his play with Brandon LaFell. But I'm telling you, Dobson, it will finally emerge from the phrase with the feeling I'm getting. Undrafted in basically every league I've done, once again, an afterthought. These are the guys I want to get just to fill in the back half of the roster. Dobson's a guy I'm stashing. I just think... He's going to finally find his way. It's another third-year wide receiver. I'm gambling on these guys. Uh, you know, 18th, 20th round, that's who I'm liking. And don't don't be afraid of Tavon Austin either. Another guy is just the, the, the league has forgotten about. If, you're, if your league rewards kick return yardage, Tavon Austin is your man at the back half of the draft. Man, you made so many good points, Joe. I want to try to follow up on all my follow-ups before I forget them. And, uh, First of all, Tavon Austin, right on the money. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer uh, was the most garbage offensive coordinator in the league last yeah. year. This guy's afraid to throw the ball more than five yards. Now, new coordinator, new scheme, open it up, air it out. I could see Tavon Austin playing a big, big role. I agree with you there. You you hit the right on the money with Aaron Dobson. I agree a thousand percent. Brandon LaFell coming off a knee surgery. Uh, Danny Amendola hasn't proven healthy. Uh, Kembrough Topkins, I think, is gone out of the mix. So I think he's in Oakland somewhere. Uh, the other guy you mentioned was Charles Johnson, who I'm ecstatic about. I was high on this kid coming out of Grand Valley State. Uh, did take him a little bit of time to develop. I I guarantee you. I guarantee you, this is a fact, he will lead the Vikings in in receiving. That's without question. I was really excited about the fact that, you know, that auction league I was in, I'm telling you, I got him for 11 bucks, Joe. I was so, I mean, steal of the league. Yeah, steal of the league, without a doubt. And uh, the other league I was in, I got him in the eighth round. And I I think you're going to find that's about, if you want Charles Johnson, that's about where you're going to have to get them in that eighth round area. But again, if I'm getting a wide receiver who's number one wide receiver on his team in the eighth round in my fantasy football draft, I mean, that's where you earn your money. Okay. So uh, the other thing, I will disagree with you on one thing. I'm not sure I'm sold on Marquise Lee. I, I, I have a feeling Alan Hearns might be the guy that, you know, shakes loose and, and busts out in a big way this year. And, uh, you know, listen, Jacksonville loves to collect mediocre wideouts, and, and uh, they are all have a chance. I think the kid from Penn State, uh, Allen Robinson, is there as well. A lot of people like him. So I think you could ask three different people, and you'll get three different answers. Somebody might give you Robinson. Somebody might give you Lee. But don't sleep on Allen Hearns. And I plugged him for a dollar in my Dynasty League last year. I'm looking for huge dividends uh, this year and, and return on my $1 investment with, uh, with Alan Hearns. Um, you know, the one guy, here's this for a scenario, Joe, the other day, uh, seventh round, no, I'm sorry. Uh, fifth round, I believe we were talking and I had to choose between nuke 
and Jordan Matthews. And, you know, I know with Andre Johnson gone and New Hopkins being the number one guy there, should he should have an increase in production, right? But Brian mm -hmm. Hoyer, I mean, this guy can't really throw the deep ball. I don't see the Texans scoring a lot of points. So I actually went with Jordan Matthews for a number of reasons. Hear me out. 143 balls targeted to Jeremy Macklin. Jordan Matthews now is the next step up and see an in increase in production. And I just think that Philadelphia's offense moves at a faster rate. They're going to score more points, more touchdowns. And Matthews might not get more receiving yards, but I do think he'll have more touchdowns. I think a lot of fantasy football owners are going to be in the same dilemma. So, New Hopkins, Jordan Matthews, who do you like in that scenario? I still like New Hopkins. I mean, that's the guy. He's still going to be the number one. And who's to say it's not? It might not be Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett. Still getting some play over there. I mean, that both of these guys still have the background with Bill O'Brien, so I'm, I'm confident they're going to find ways to get Hopkins the ball. Otherwise, they would have moved on from from Johnson or you know, been a little bit more urgent in that Peyton Manning deal. So, uh, still nothing against Jordan Matthews, I, especially we talk about quarterbacks getting hurt. I almost look at it if Bradford goes down, that's a good thing for Jordan Matthews because Mark Sanchez loves Jordan Matthews, as we saw from last season. Those two just got a great uh, chemistry going. So um, both great options. I, I really don't think you could have done uh, too wrong with either. All right. Well, the interesting there, I just read that Mark Sanchez is actually leading the way, I think, out in California getting all the receivers, even Matt Barkley's going out there. Uh, Sam Bradford will not be in attendance, but Sanchez getting the team together, rallying the troops, uh, developing, like you said, a repertoire <coughs> with his wideouts. Um, I know we got to get the tight, end, tight ends in, Joe. Uh, a couple other guys here. I got Mohamed Sanu in the 15th round. You know, the bottom line is this. He's the only Bengals player who who played every single snap last season. So for, for the 15th round, I think that was a great value as my wide receiver number seven. And uh, Kenny Stills, we talked about the, the disappointment of Devontae Parker having that second foot surgery. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, obviously steps out at the, at the number one. Uh, but Kenny Stills, I think, has a, a bust-out potential. How about Terrence Williams in Dallas if Des Bryant holds out? All of a sudden, he becomes the number one guy. I got him in the 12th round. And bear with me, Joe. I want to get in a couple more guys here, uh, including my number one. But uh, Taylor Gabriel from the Browns, I'm not drafting him just yet. He, he does have bust-out potential. Uh, who's going to catch the balls in New Orleans? Don't be surprised if Nick Toon – Yes, Nick Toon could emerge as the number one target in New Orleans. And I'm not going to lie to you, you know, he, this guy wasn't on my radar until somebody in the Fanex League drafted him. But Dontrell Inman in San Diego coming over from the CFL, talk about late season production. This kid seemed to get it late in the year. So Dontrell Inman, uh, San Diego needs some help at wide receiver. I think Dontrell Inman is the guy there. But my number one deep sleeper. Got him in the 18th round. Got him for a dollar in my auction draft. So obviously nobody knows about him. Or maybe they do, but they don't believe in him. And DeAndrew White. Write that name down. DeAndrew White out of Alabama. If you know anything about this kid, 
then you'll be on board with me when I tell you that he might lead the 49ers in receiving this year. So that is my number one deep sleeper, especially in, in, in dynasty leagues. DeAndre White, you should be all over this kid. Uh, that's the name I'm giving you for the 2015 NFL season here on July 10th. Okay, Joe, any wideouts you want to get in, and then we'll touch base on the tight ends real quick. I want to throw one more undrafted guy. Uh, I think just forgotten man, Marlon Brown on the Ravens. Uh, yeah. I know he's he's behind a 36-year-old Steve Smith and uh, rookie Brashad Perriman, but Smith, I mean, he could slow down any time, and Perriman is athletic, but I think there's going to be a learning curve. And, you know, we've watched a lot of his footage. Uh, he's, he's displayed some suspect ball skills at Central Florida. Anyone who's watched him closely knows what I'm talking about. So uh, it might not just be all peaches and cream for the NFL uh, uh, protege there. And I, I think Marlon Brown's a guy, he's got the size. He's still in the system. So, and as we mentioned, new coordinator coming in that will be pass happy. Just ask Jay Cutler owners how uh, well he did the last couple of years. Heck, Mark Tressman turned Josh McCown into a fantasy presence. What do you think he's going to do with Joe Flacco? Well, Marlon Brown could be a part of this. Yeah, no, I agree. Big things expected from Marlon Brown in Baltimore. Brichard Perryman, you know, his case of the dropsies uh, has, you know, followed him in the NFL, unfortunately, early on. So that's going to be a situation worth monitoring in training camp. Now, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here, winding down with the tight ends preview. And, Joe, I don't know about you, but uh, I was banking on Zach Ertz to break out last season. I'm going to roll the dice one more time with him this season. I'm banking on him to be my bust out tight end and I'm getting him uh, around the sixth round. I see here I got in one league. Um, I got him, you know, in a, in a lot of different leagues. And, you know, the bottom line is this, the auction league Gronkowski went for over like $40. I had Kelsey up until about the $20 mark. And he's somewhere in the twenties. So Ertz is going to be the next guy I target there. But the ironic thing or the, interesting thing i find is that a guy i don't have ranked too far below him is charles clay who is getting zero love i got Ertz in the sixth round and charles clay in the 16th round and these guys basically had the same kind of output production wise last year i think charles clay and buffalo uh with you know not the greatest receiving corps and and uh you know, the, the the quarterback, whoever it's going to be, is going to have a lot of check downs looking to get rid of the ball early. I think Charles Clay plays a huge role. There's a lot of reason. The, you know, they paid him eight, nine million a year. There's a reason for that. So Ertz and Clay, if you can't get a hold of Gronk or Kelsey, I think Ertz and Clay are the two guys. And then Antonio Gates, because of the four-game suspension, I mean, this is a stud you can stash on your bench. Find a filling guy for the first four weeks. If you're confident in your abilities to make the league playoffs like I am and Joe is, then you have Gates. You plug him in. You get him in the late rounds. Now, all of a sudden, you got to start at tight end for the stretch run and into your fantasy league playoffs. So there's my perspective on the tight ends. We're going to turn it over to Joe, get some perspective from him and some deep sleepers, of course. Well, I'm going uh, deeper in deeper, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I'm just playing that perception and reality game, right? So the perception is Rudolph's done, can't play, too injury prone. While I, I won't argue the latter, this kid can play. It's obvious. He's got the huge catcher smits for hands that God gave him, tree trunks for arms. I think he's perfect from North Turner's offense. And I think Minnesota 
is about to just hit that spark and light a bomb in the NFL. If they get that guy, Adrian Peterson, I think his name is, back, that's going to be the X factor. In North Turner's offense, you have that play-action pass tight end being a huge part of that on the dump off. So I think uh, he's going to end up being Bridgewater's bailout more often than not. And uh, another got 17th tight end off the board. So I, I like him if he can stay healthy. And I know the caveat is if he can stay healthy. So I may as well throw Jordan Reed out there uh, with the Redskins or whatever that team's going to be called. Um, he's undrafted. In almost every league, he's wow. not even looked at as the starter. Um, underwent a procedure on his knee, I think, uh, early July, and this is the thorn in his side of his career. But this is the backup tight end I'm loving. Uh, I just think he is the bailout. He's the guy that doesn't matter which quarterback. We've seen it just from last season. When he's in, if it's uh, Cousins, if it's RG3, they all look to him just because he is. He's got phenomenal ball skills. And I think we just brought him up earlier in the show, Rick, but we better throw Austin Safari and Jenkins out there. I'm looking yeah. at uh, the calculator right now. He's the 21st tight end off the board. That's almost uh, – a uh, criminal. I mean, once you scratching the surface of potential, we talked when he came out in the draft on the Bible podcast about his basketball background. Well, he fits right in with the mold of this team, and Jameis is going to find him. There's no doubt. Look at look at how much he threw to Nick O'Leary at Florida State. I think he'll really like Sprain Jenkins out there. Agreed. And uh, you know, for those of uh, wondering about rookie impact at the tight end. I think Max Williams is the only guy to consider. How do you see quickly in a minute or less the whole Max Williams versus Crockett situation? Who starts there? And if I said over under 40 catches, 400 yards, five touchdowns for Max Williams, you taking the over or the under there? I'd be inclined to take the over. He's a good blocker. Can't play at Minnesota for Jerry Kiln without blocking. He's got the NFL bloodline. Father was a center, so if he's not blocking, he's going to hear about it come Christmas time. So he'll get on the field, and he will play well. And then last one for you, Joe. Josh Hill in New Orleans. Uh, I think, you know, Jimmy Graham was out for a short period of time last year. Josh Hill kind of stepped in there and flashed some offensive potential is that something we can expect on a regular basis or what's the tight end situation in New Orleans? Is that, is that a guy we want to stash on the bench? I think it's going to be a carousel of misfits at tight end there. Ben Watson is still uh, in the mix and, and you know, the bid pickup horse and Charles, but yeah, Josh Hill, they're going to rotate. They're going to run two tights. I just don't see any guy like Graham. That's going to just create mismatches and, and dictate things by his size. So it's similar to Philadelphia. Like you mentioned, all those Macklin targets having to go somewhere. These Graham targets going to have to go somewhere. I'm looking at cooks. Colston and uh, the some of the fellas like Coleman, maybe even Nick Toon, like you mentioned. All right, and I, I just got to sneak. I don't want to cheat the people, Joe. Just 30 seconds or less. Rob Hausler, uh, you know, we, we saw him have a couple big years for the Cardinals. 2012-2013 uh, had at least 40 catches, 400 yards. He goes on with the Browns where there's not a lot of spectacular wide receivers there. Rob Hausler, you buying or selling? I'm buying late if I can get them. I mean, do they have to be a very deep league uh, that, you know, you roster multiple tight ends, but 
Hausler can fly. I mean, he's got wide receiver skills in a tight end's body, and this would be a nice system for him to be in. Just get out of Bruce Arians' system. Not not exactly uh, great for tight ends. All right, there you have it. Hopefully we taught you something here on the Fantasy Football Insider Show. And if you want to see us bring back the show every Sunday morning like we used to do, old school style, hit me up, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, all new NFLDraftBible.com being uh, unveiled and uh, brought to you by NUCGold.com. And uh, we're going to get all the plugs in here. Use my promo code RIC2015. Check it out. One week free trial with that promo code. Or if you like it, get a 20% discount. Uh, but thinking about bringing back the Fantasy Football Insider Show, you know how we do, Joe. And also the uh, New Jersey Top 50 event coming August 5th. One last time for the people uh, and Union August 5th. Check us out, NUCSports.com, for more information on that event. Brought to you by NUC Sports, Parabolic Performance and Rehab, New Jersey Orthopedic Institute. Shout out to MyFantasyLeague.com. And uh, turn it over to Joe Everett, who you can follow on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett, two Ts, Joe. And uh, hit him with a little quick hoo-ha goodbye. Three fantasy defenses you can get late. New York Jets, New York Giants, Indianapolis Colts. The Colts did great last year. Now they add Mathis, Trent Cole, and play in a terrible division. Go get them. Joe never leaves a stone unturned. And uh, hopefully we'll be back at it again sooner rather than later. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, be sure to click subsp- uh, subscribe if you like what you hear. We appreciate your support. And... Uh, We are in the process of putting together the NUC Sports 24-7 football network. So if you're a broadcaster here on Blog Talk Radio or you do a a podcast elsewhere and you want Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.